Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Bulls fans, and welcome to the CHGO Bulls podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and be sure to use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I am Mark K from Australia. That's not how you say Australia. Australia. <laughs> Australia. And you I am can't joined. Say it right. Can't yeah, say it right. But I am joined <laughs> by two of the youngest, finest, handsomest friends that I have. Uh, Will the Goat Gottlieb and Kyle Williams. How are you, fellas? I'm doing good. I'm doing well. Kyle, we're happy to have you here today. Happy to chop it up with you and happy to talk about a Bulls win and one more playing game coming up tomorrow night. No, yeah. Thank you guys for letting me be here. Excited to talk about the Bulls big game yesterday, big and an even bigger game tomorrow. I'm excited to get into it. Well, we're, we're happy to have you, mate. We're also happy to be joined by our our friend on the buttons. Uh, it's, it's apparently hot in Chicago, so Steven's got his guns out, just just uh, ready to show those big biceps. But uh, we're all here, <laughs> and we're all raring, raring to go because the Bulls did the unthinkable yesterday. I didn't think it was really possible for them to beat the Raptors, but they did. They were freaking fantastic in that game, particularly in that second half. Look, even in that first half, I thought they played a pretty decent first half, but they're just... The, the math problem reared its head again in the first half, but the way the Bulls turned that game around in that second half was really inspiring stuff to the point now where I'm feeling wildly confident <laughs> coming into the Bulls heat game. Now, maybe I shouldn't be feeling confident because every time I've started to buy into this team, they've done something silly and made me look silly. So uh, I don't know what to feel. Um, I'm feeling confident, but maybe maybe I shouldn't be. I'm, I'm cautiously, cautiously optimistic, let's say that. But... Uh, the Bulls, they play the Heat tomorrow. Last playing game, winner advances to the playoffs. They will, Whoever wins that game obviously will be facing the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. Um, maybe we'll just ignore that last bit because we all know how that, that piece is going to go and just concentrate on what's ahead, which is obviously Bulls Heat. So we wanted to do a deep dive today. We wanted to talk about like how the Bulls are going to stop the heat off- Heat's offense, rather, how the Heat potentially could be defending the Bulls and what to expect from that point of view. Um, and we might, might might close the show with just a, a general conversation around the play-in. And if it's actually a good or bad thing more generally, maybe maybe we can bring it back more locally as well as to the Bulls, as to how it relates to the Bulls and whether this winning feeling that we've got at the moment is actually a good thing. But um, let's dive into it. We've got a lot to discuss. Um, we've got a, yeah, a ton to get to, and I'm really looking forward to this matchup, in part because the Bulls have favored themselves pretty well or, or performed really well against the Heat this season. 3-0 plus 32 across those games or across those three games. So the team has more generally performed pretty damn well. Steven, maybe if you want to throw up the graphic, mate, there you go. I mean, I'm not used to the Bulls ever really going 3-0, and 4-0, whatever the situation may be. Like, I'm not used to the Bulls being this dominant against the Heat, but that's exactly what it was this season, which again, just adds credence to why I'm a little bit comfortable going into this game, but specifically like the Bulls defense this year has been very positive, but against the heat more generally, the Bulls have a 106.9 defensive rating, which again, just adds to the reason as to why I'm confident again, cautiously optimistic. Maybe these are famous last words, but William starting with you, should we be feeling confident about this Bulls uh, heat matchup? Obviously specifically from a Bulls point of view. Yeah, I I think so. Um, Obviously, you know, it's going to be a really tough game. You're going into Miami. Miami has played a lot better towards the tail end of the season. Obviously did not look very good against the Hawks in their first playing game. Um, they're a really good team. I think if you're tearing it out, Jimmy Butler's probably the best player on the court. And so when you've got the best player in a single elimination game, a guy who can go head to head with DeMar in terms of getting clutch buckets um, I think it's going to be a really tough matchup, but as we'll get in here into here today, 
there's nothing that the Heat do at a really high level that really worries me in terms of making the Bulls uh, figure out a way to get stops and making them struggle to generate offense. So we'll get into the details, but I do think as opposed to this Raptors matchup that we just watched, there's not like a, the Raptors are, the Heat are going to like do what the Raptors do and just overwhelm you on the offensive glass or just get a ton of steals and get out in transition. It doesn't really feel like the Heat do anything quite on that level. And so there's not like a really obvious avenue for them to win. Um, But that's not to say they're not a very good team. And they will, I think it'll be a tough game, but I do feel confident that the Bulls can win it. Yeah, I feel very similarly for a lot of different reasons. But Kyle, how are you feeling, mate? Are you do you share similar thoughts to to William and I, or are you a little bit more uh, nervous about the, this potential matchup and maybe the Jimmy Butler factor? No, I mean I agree with you guys on the point that you know Jimmy being the best player certainly comes with its challenges. But I mean the Miami, like the Miami, just didn't look good against Atlanta, and Atlanta is not a good team themselves, and. I know the Miami Heat offense, they finished the regular season, I believe, 25th in offensive rating. Their offense is just very unimaginative this year, and they've really struggled from the three-point line, which that kind of plays into the Bulls' favor a little bit. And outside of Hero, Bam, and Jimmy, that roster, you don't know what you're going to get from that roster up and down. And it's not a very talented roster either. So I think Toronto – propose more challenges and just in how they guard their length, their activity. But I, th- I think this, the Bulls could really go into Miami and escape with a win. Yeah, I, I feel the same. So you, you make a salient point there, Kyle, like the, the, the offense from the heat this year just hasn't, hasn't worked. Like the Bulls ranked 24th in net rating. And to your point, the heat at 25th, uh, the heat's defense over the last sort of, month two months of the season which we'll touch on a little bit more in detail later on but that can sort of completely fell off to the point where they're almost bottom 10 on defense so to your point to williams point like where whereby against like the raptors it felt like there was two maybe three areas where that team had a clear advantage against the Bulls stylistically and maybe personnel wise as well maybe that doesn't exist in the, against the heat which again that just adds to why i'm feeling confident about this specific matchup but i guess the one piece that doesn't make me confident is the fact that they got Jimmy and the fact that they were so embarrassed against the Hawks the other day that maybe they have a bit of a, a bit of a redemption game but in terms of the heat offense how the Bulls can go about uh stopping this heat offense to your point Kyle the 25th on in terms of offensive rating and a large part of that is just that the heat just haven't been able to make the three ball go down all season they they're one of the teams that shoot the most threes in the NBA they're top 10 in three-point attempt rate they're actually 27th in three-point percentage. So they shoot a lot of threes, don't make a lot of threes. We know this Bulls defense at times can be prone to giving up threes. But William, do you think this is actually somewhat favorable in the sense that if the Bulls defense is, I guess, somewhat prone to giving up threes, that if you're going to give up threes, at least do it against a team that has struggled all season to make their threes? Well, that's kind of been the Bulls' premise defensively all year, which as we talked about a ton before this Raptors game, they're going to wall off the paint. They're going to try to prevent you from getting downhill and all the way to the basket. They're going to try to force those kickout passes to shooters, and they're going to get out there and contest. And like you said, the Heat take a ton of threes. Um, I can't remember exactly where they are, but I think around top 10 or top 8 in terms of three-point attempt rate. And um, they don't make them. But I will say, over the last couple of weeks of the season, they were 11th in offense. They were starting to click a little bit better. But if you're the Bulls and you're sort of trying to stick to what you're good at, this Heat offense does kind of play right into your hands. Um, I think the biggest thing that the Bulls need to do is prevent foul drawing, especially for Jimmy. I was looking into some of the numbers just for this uh, preview that I'm working on. Um, Basically, when Jimmy gets to the line 10 times, the Heat are 16 and 8. When he gets to the line... Fewer than 10 times, they're a couple games below 500. So that is really the generator of their offense. When he gets there and when he converts at the line, it slows the game down. The Heat are playing in the half court. Their defense can really thrive, and they're getting just easy shots at the rim. They're taking away um, you know, your best defender's ability to really guard the way that they want to if they're in foul trouble. So I think that's really going to be the key. Um, obviously, easier said than done. We know how good of a foul drawing merchant Jimmy is right up there with Damar and some of the best in the league. 
But if they can just like not foul, I think they will be in really good shape. Well, to to that point, Jimmy has played the Bulls twice this season. Obviously, we know the Heat haven't won a game against the Bulls this season. Uh, Jimmy's averaging 13 free throws attempts per game against the Bulls. So those are two L's. Jimmy's had more than 10 free throw attempts in those games and the Heat have still lost. So of that 16 and 8 record, I think is what you quoted just before, if I'm not mistaken, two of those two of those L's are against the Bulls. So uh, yeah, I, I certainly agree that you obviously want to keep Jimmy off the line and, and that will be the key. And in part because the the Heat are... A team who play half court basketball, they're the twenty third, sorry, twenty fifth in half court frequency, meaning they're in the half court a lot, uh, and but they're also twenty third in half court efficiency. So they play a lot of half court basketball, which is probably good for this Bulls defense, which is probably why this Bulls defense matches up well against them. But we know that the Heat more generally just haven't been a, a, an efficient half court offense this season. But Kyle, I mean, how do you go about stopping Jimmy Butler? Is it a a specific matchup that you're looking at is there certain is is it one guy that can do it or is this going to have to be a team type thing like wh- what are you thinking in terms of how the bulls should to try to neutralize Jimmy Butler I think they should well Patrick Williams himself had a very good game I mean it's particularly in the second half against Toronto I think yeah. you just kind of have to I think you give him that matchup honestly just give him the matchup once he's in the game and just you give them help, but then that's where Miami's lethal is. You send so much attention to Jimmy, but then, you know, Gabe Vincent might get hot or one of their lesser guys who doesn't create a shot for themselves. But I think you you play them one-on-one and just kind of make sure you balk out, bam, on the glass, and then just kind of live with the results because Miami's also not a, a huge team. Outside of bam, yeah. they really run a lot of guards, a lot of smaller forwards. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. you just kind of have to – it's, it's going to have to be one person or otherwise just have one person and give them some help. But, you know, if Jimmy – you kind of saw it last year. Jimmy, he can win a game by himself. You don't want – but you also don't want the supplemental guys to start feeling confident, especially at home too. So I, I think you just kind of have to go with the Patrick Williams matchup when he's in and just just go from there. What, what, what about you, William? Similar question. I mean, who gets the Jimmy matchup? It remains to be seen who will start. I'm, I'm assuming because the Bulls have been going with the Bev Caruso lineup for the number last month or so. Um, obviously, that, that was the lineup against the Raptors. That They started that, that lineup against the bigger team. I would assume they would start that against a smaller heat as Kyle notes. But um, in terms of the matchup itself, who's going to draw the Jimmy assignment? And, and I asked that question because I went back and watched the, the last game that the Bulls played against the Heat and it was initially at least Patrick Beverly getting the Jimmy matchup with Caruso guarding Hero. Now in that game Kevin Love was starting for the Heat. I don't know if Kevin Love's going to be playing or starting against the Bulls coming up because he didn't start against the uh, the Hawks the other night so that may change things as well but uh, if you were in Billy's shoes what's your starting lineup and depending on that who who's getting the Jimmy matchup? I think I'd still lean Caruso. I think he's obviously your best defender. Um, but also I just worry about like the the tricks that Jimmy's going to try to throw in terms of mm-hmm. foul drawing and getting Patrick to bite. And uh, as well as Patrick played against the Raptors in, in the second half, to your point, Kyle, I just worry about that from an experience standpoint. Um, on the other hand, if you get Caruso in foul trouble against Jimmy early, that could be a really long night for them. So um, that's why I said, like, I think the number one key is going to be just preventing Jimmy from getting to the line, but I would Mm -hmm. still trust my veteran, still trust my first team, all defensive guard, Alex Caruso on him, at least to start. Um, But I do think Patrick Williams is going to have a big role to play, regardless of whether they go to that bigger Kevin Love lineup that you mentioned, Mark, or whether they stay small the way they did against the Hawks. Um, I just, yeah, I want to see Patrick continue to, build on top of the game that he had and, and the stretch that he put together towards the end of the season there, because I think he's starting to look a lot more confident. We know what kind of defender he is. And if he can just provide some supplemental scoring, his value just, I think goes through the roof. So that, that's kind of how I would go. I don't know if you disagree, Mark, but um, I just, I guess I feel the most confident in Caruso to be able to get stops. So the way I'm thinking about it at the moment is it's, 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 it's going to be an interesting one. Like the, who they start with maybe, changes depending on how the game flow goes and and i say that because they're 
I'm assuming they're going to start Max Struess at four. I'm assuming Kevin Love's coming off the bench. And then obviously with Struess and Hero out there, those guys flying off screens. Do you want guys who are great in terms of getting over screens like, like Bev, like Caruso guarding the shooters? Or do you want them guarding someone like Jimmy? So like that's the interesting element of this game. Now, as I've noted before, Struess hasn't been... Well, the Heat more generally haven't been shooting that well from three, but Struess hasn't been shooting well from three all season. Heroes hit and miss here and there. Those two guys have gotten up a lot of threes against the Bulls and in certain games have been successful from three. So it kind of depends on who they're who they're rolling out there, to be honest with you. But I, I kind of like the idea of keeping my best screen navigation guys on the shooters. If you can neutralize those guys, then it makes it tougher for Jimmy and Bam to operate in that pick and roll and for Jimmy to get to the free throw line. But I certainly take your point that maybe it does make sense to put your obviously your best defender on their best offensive player as well. So I think it's going to be an interesting chess match, to be honest with you. I thought Billy coached a fantastic game against the Raptors the other night. Obviously, it doesn't get any easier going up against probably the best coach in the NBA in terms of Eric Sipolstra. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. But I guess, again, the other reason why I'm feeling somewhat confident, because I just don't think this is a good Heat team. Like In terms of net rating, they were negative all season. I think they were 21st in net rating all season. They, they, they won games, or their win rates far above their expected rate at this uh, throughout the regular season. So I, I, just don't, I just question how good this team is. And I say this because they've, they're really leaning on a lot of role guys who probably shouldn't even, well, certainly shouldn't be starters, but maybe shouldn't even be you know, deep bench guys or, or valuable bench guys. Like Gabe Vincent is their starting point guard right now. Kyle Lowry went off against the Hawks, but is he going to do that again? We talked about Max Struess, Caleb Martin as well. Victor Oladipo isn't the same guy. I mean, this just isn't a very good Heat team from a talent perspective. So again, that gives me some confidence. Now, Kyle, I mean, maybe I'm being a little bit too arrogant in that sense and maybe trying to you know, stay off Gabe Vincent or not worrying too much about Caleb Martin and, and Oladipo <laughs> and packing the lanes against Jimmy and, uh, Jimmy and Bam. Maybe that'll come back to prove to be a bad strategy and maybe these role guys get hot at home and that's all you really need but uh i mean the fact that the heat just haven't been a good team this season or you know i mean they're, they're better win win loss record wise but in terms of just the the general talent on this team do you do you lay off these role guys and just really pack the lanes against jimmy and bam and just if the role guys beat you the role guys beat you like is it should that be the strategy no, yeah, I completely get that point. And to your point, this is – it's just not a very talented Heat team. And, I mean, only four guys for them scored in double digits against Atlanta. And it was Kyle Lowry having a 33-point surprise outing. So, and yeah, I'm not sure how many 30-point games Kyle Lowry has left in his career, but I would bet the under on it. And it's just <laughs> – I mean, like you mentioned, Gabe Vincent's out there and Kevin Love's barely playing. Caleb Martin's – out there for defensive purposes it's i mean it's tough because you don't you don't want the role guys to get going but they just might not be worth the you know the respect that you show them as offensive talents i mean they're outside of jimmy their most dynamic offensive player is probably tyler harrow and he's inconsistent as you know a younger guy and bam then play particularly well against the atlanta hawks and granted Clint Capella, Onyeko Kongwu are very talented inside as defenders, but Boots has been better on defense this year. So it's not going to be any, it's not going to get any harder, but it's not going to be any easier. So I think you lay off the roll guys and just force Jimmy, Bam, Tyler to just kind of beat you with whether it be attacking the lane or mid range. Just those guys, if those guys beat you, those guys beat you. But the roll guys, I think you can help off of to in order to get, you know, extra attention that way. Yeah. I think the bulls, I I have a hard time believing that they're going to sort of like abandon their defensive identity. Like what they do is pack the paint and like, they're not going to just like give runways for bam or hero or Jimmy to get downhill. So I think that does kind of take care of it to a certain extent. Obviously we know Jimmy has a really lethal mid range game. Tyler hero can get hot from three and, and Bam is just like money from anywhere within like 10, 12 feet of the basket. So like those are going to be tough matchups, but I think the general thesis is kind of that, right? Like that they're going to try to load up in the paint and then, you know, if they get out to shooters, they get out to shooters, but not necessarily worry about those guys beating you. I will say in terms of these previous matchups this year, uh, Jimmy was out the second game. Zach missed the first game. That was the 
season opener when everybody was freaking out about knee management yeah. and would he miss time and how screwed are the Bulls for giving an injured guy a max contract and yada yada. Um, the true, I think, game where you can look and say, like, this is more reflective of who these teams are is obviously that third game. And in that game, the Bulls just got super duper hot from three. Patrick Beverly hit four in the second quarter. If you'll recall, that was the game where he just like went into the stands and went nuts and then gave the reporters that quote after the game. I was just like Pat Bev fever that night. So <laughs> I'm not sure that the Bulls are really going to have that same level of, you know, they're not going to hit necessarily 17 of 34 threes. Um, where I think it becomes difficult is that, you know, they only took six free throws that game. Like, are they going to be able to do damage the other way? Because I think what the Hawks did really well against the Bulls, what they did really well against the Heat in this last game is attack the offensive glass and really just overwhelm them with size. The Bulls don't have that kind of size. They don't have that kind of ability to punish you on the offensive glass, and that's just not part of their DNA. So um, I do think the Heat will look a little bit better, and those smaller role guys like you're talking about, Kyle, they do have a chance to play a little bit better just because they're not going to be crushed on the other side of the court. All fair and good points. All fair and good points. And I certainly do remember that game, that that Pat, Pat Bev quarter, because that was a game that I attended in person. Uh, what, a, what a game that was. Uh, miss you, Chicago. Miss you, Chicago. But if Pat Bev could uh, replicate that one more time, that would be uh, that would be just fantastic. But uh, look, we're going to dive deeper in terms of what the Bulls need to do on offense to obviously beat the Heat. We've talked about the defense. Let's transition over to the offense. But before we do that, I want to tell you all, about our friends at Goose Island. So CHTO is supported by Goose, the, the Goose Island Beer Company. And we all know Goose Island just make the best beer. It's been Chicago's beer since 1988. And we can talk about the Bulls roster and maybe they need this, they need that, the flaws in the roster of the team. We can talk about that all offseason. And look, maybe the offseason is coming soon, but at least another for one more game, it's not here. But can I tell you about the beer roster at Goose Island, which is no holes in this roster at all. The Blackhawks Pale Ale, that limited re- uh, release edition, beautiful. Also, that Bull City 312, the uh, the Matilda, my favorite. I'm not sure if you're a big drinker, Kyle. William, what, what, do, you have a, do you guys have your personal favorite Goose Island beer or do you not just care because you just, you just trust that whatever beer you're given is just going to be of, of high quality? Are you rocking? What, what's your beer goat? No plans. No plans. There you go. What about you? Are, are you legal, Kyle? Are you allowed to drink? <laughs> I should. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure if uh, if you feel if you're over 21 yet. <laughs> Anyways, Kyle. Kyle's, a bit, Kyle. A bit we'll, of delay. We'll, we'll assume Kyle's not over 21 just just yet. But the point is. Goose Island, fantastic place. Obviously, be over 20, 21 when you are consuming your beers. But if you want to get down with your mates, if you want to go and have an event, then go down to one of their uh, their, their brew houses or their tap rooms. So there's obviously one at 1800 West Fulton. There's also the, the Clybourne Brew House at 1800 North Clybourne. Um, if you want to have an event, if you want to get together with your mates, if you want to down one of these amazing beers, of, of which the, the, the beer lineup is just... Uh, exorbitant and, and I, I suggest you uh, try any and all but if you want to get down there obviously support our friends over at uh at goose island that you'll be helping us out but you'll be helping yourself because you'll just be having a great time with your mates drinking amazing beers so uh why the hell would you not do that? I, that that would be my suggestion but um once you've had fun drinking your beers the next day you may be a little bit well you we obviously all drink responsibly and all those sorts of things but maybe you just need that extra pep in your step the next day and william how do you get that well, I can tell you Matt Peck last night was maybe not going to be drinking responsibly after the Bulls won because he was really not happy about that. But I can tell you that he has been drinking his athletic greens every morning for like six months. And you guys, if you thought the temper was bad then, or if you think it's bad now, you should have heard what it was before he started taking the athletic greens because it helps you improve your gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, limited pills all you have to do is take one scoop of delicious ag1 it has 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and that's right big dave's favorite the adaptogens to help you start your day right it is a special blend of ingredients that supports like i said your gut health your nervous system immune system recovery energy focus and aging all the things that you want to improve after a night out at the 
Goose Island brew house. So it is lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, it contains less than a gram of sugar. There's no GMOs or chemically uh, nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And guess what? It is cheaper than that cold brew habit of yours. It is less than $3 a day to invest in your all-in-one nutritional insurance. But don't take it from me. Don't take it from Matt. Don't take it from Dave or uh, you, Kyle. I don't know if you're taking it. Actually, he's gone. I'm looking at the ad read, but not at our uh, StreamYard thing. Mark, I don't know we if you're taking it. it. But 7,000 five-star reviews. So right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with the convenient daily nutrition. It is just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. So to make it easy for you, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Bulls. That's athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Bulls to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I love AG1 because we don't have to rely on all these supplements and all these pills. But one pill that I am taking is that Pat Bev pill. I'm back. Oh. I'm back. The Pat Bev bill. I'm um, I'm downing many of those, and I'm hitting that hard in in the uh, in in the lead up to this Bulls Heat playing game. But let's talk Bulls offense. How they're going to dismantle this Heat def defense? I'm feeling confident, William, and the reason why I am, and the game that you sort of pointed to that last Heat game, but last Bulls Heat game where the teams were effectively playing their their full rosters. The Bulls had 127 offensive rating across the three games this season. The Bulls have had a 118.3 offensive rating, which is extremely extremely good more generally but obviously for this offense which we know has which has faltered all season the fact that they've been able to to go off against the heat like that this season as well just adds to the reason why i'm more confident generally but also the heat defense like i alluded to at the top of the show since february 1 they're 20th in defensive rating and over that time they're minus 1.6 in net rating so yeah maybe their offense is starting to slowly get it together but in ex- I guess the expense of that has been that their uh, their, their defense has st- started to slide a little bit as well. So the Bulls, they've done it on defense against the Heat, but they've been getting it done on offense as well. So it's been a full two-way performance for the Bulls against the Heat. Do you think, do you think that that can continue into the next game? I mean, I think it's going to come down to shot making. Like at the very end of the day, we kind of overthink a lot of these things and – it's all about like buckets. It's a make or miss league. If the Bulls are going to take advantage of the shots that the Heat are going to give them, I think they're going to win. The Heat play a ton of zone. They switch a lot one through five because of how good Bam is. Um, and that mm-hmm. can be really difficult to score against. But a lot of times you just like the best way to beat those types of defenses, whether it's switching or zone, is, is to shoot over it or to attack the gaps. Like we saw that one DeMar dunk yesterday. Zach kind of dribbled into traffic on the right side of the court, passed it to DeMar, cutting down the court, and he came down with the huge monster dunk. And I think that was the one that gave the Bulls the lead really late in the fourth quarter. Um, Like that's how you beat a zone. And I think the Bulls have struggled with that at times, kind of getting thrown off. So you're always going to be susceptible to that against an Eric Spolstra team and a Bam Adebayo Mm -hmm. team. But uh, I think if they can just shoot over it, if they can make the right cuts, um, make the right reads, I think they'll be okay. I'm not expecting them to hit 17 threes, 20 threes, but I don't think they necessarily need to do that just because of how the ceiling of the heat offense is pretty low. Um, They just Mm -hmm. need to score enough and then stick to their game plan defensively. And I think that's why, again, I'm feeling a little bit more confident. I didn't pick the Bulls to beat the Raptors, but I'm feeling more confident that they can beat the heat just because, uh, I don't really think that they can, they have as many avenues to really holding the Bulls back as, as the Raptors did. What do you think, Kyle? Sure. No, yeah, I com- completely agree. Uh, I thought Toronto was just kind of the the absolute worst case matchup for the Bulls, just with all of their length yeah. and like forward size. But against this Heat team, you know, with Gabe Vincent and you have your Max Struces, it's really a, especially. If they do a lot of switching, you never know what a Spolster defense is going to do. But if they switch, DeMar DeRozan is going to have the height matchup 
only person he won't have it against is Bam. So he can easily just, like you mentioned, rise up over the top of, you know, a defender in the mid-range particularly and just score. And it's all about a bucket. The game's all about a bucket. And, you know, the Bulls only hit seven Amen. threes yesterday. But, you know, I, Levine, if he can keep up, like, his strong second half performance, I believe, what did he have, 30 points in the second half? So, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, you're not going to get 30. But you can, you know, get a, a good Zach game, a good Vooch game, you know, is ways to beat this team even when they go zone it's all about making that pass and just swinging the ball and then coming down and making shots and i have faith that this bulls team can score just enough to beat this heat team because this heat team's ceiling is just very low particularly if caruso and beverly can really set the tone defensively yeah well look i I was mentioning before that you know, if you're having Struess out there along with Hero, you've got two guys that are flying around on offense who can run off screens and obviously put up a lot of threes. But conversely, on the other side of the ball, they're potentially, you know, some guys that you can bring over and try to take advantage of in switches. So if the Heat want to switch, then okay, maybe that you'll get some unfavorable matchups if Jimmy gets switched onto someone or maybe Bam gets switched onto someone. But the, the reverse is true as well, whereby, okay, Maybe let's try to find a, a situation where we can expose Tyler Hero or Max Struess against the switching defense and let's get DeRozan on that guy or let's get Levine on one of those guys. Uh, I'm assuming Gabe Vincent is going to get the Levine matchup. So if that's the case, maybe we don't even want to switch that. Maybe we go into ISOs. But let me read some some numbers. And, and look, one of the main talking points about this Bulls team over the last couple of years has been the how ineffective at times their big three has been together. But against the Heat this season, DeMar DeRozan has averaged 28 points and eight assists. Hero shooting splits, 65, 50, 79. Just insane. Zach, too. Not big numbers in terms of points, but super efficient. 19.5 points, seven assists, only one and a half turnovers on 56, 43, 83 splits, that is. And Vooch against the Heat this season, 19 points, 13 rebounds, 63, 40, 100 splits. So this has been one of those rare matchups where the Bulls have got just you know fantastic performances from their big three in all these games more generally. And as a collective, they've performed really well against the Heat. And I wonder if some of that comes back to that role-player discussion where we were having before, that some of these guys have been asked to do so much on both sides of the ball, particularly on defense, that maybe it's just, it's just super hard to really guard the Bulls on it from an offensive standpoint for this Heat defense, which is kind of weird to say, given how bad the Bulls on, have looked at on offense at times. But William, given that the Heat really only have one wing stopper at this point, which is Jimmy, like even if you try to take DeMar out, like maybe the Raptors have done in the past and have successfully done in the past, and we have to lean in on Levine in those instances, instances the Heat just don't have the 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 arsenal of wing defenders that some, a team like the Raptors or the Bucs do. So is this just a really good matchup for a typically bad Bulls offense to actually go off? Well, I don't think it's necessarily about any one defender, um, especially in a group that's going to be switching as much. Um, I would not be surprised if Bam is on Damar and Jimmy is on Zach. Like they can they can mix it up a little bit. And I don't really feel like the Bulls are one of those teams that really picks on switches enough. Um, so I'm not really sure that they'll go to that as much as they might need to. Um, I do think that they match up well in terms of being able to find secondary avenues to generate offense. Like if if the Heat are going to put Bam on DeMar, give the ball to Vooch, let him cook on Gabe Vincent or whoever it is. So um, I, I think the Bulls have more offensive weapons than the Heat do have stoppers, but I don't necessarily think that's the end-all be-all. I mean, they were a top-10 defense this year. They are a very, very well-coached group, and you know their back's against the wall as much as the Bulls are. So I'm not saying that the Heat are going to be like an easy opponent, but I do think the Bulls have weapons to be able to attack. Um, I think that guys like Kobe are going to need to have a good game uh, to be able to come in and provide some scoring because this could turn into another one of those just like classic Eastern Conference rock fight games. Um, and if they can just yeah. generate some offense on, you know, catching shoots or getting steals and running in transition, uh, that's just when they're at their best. I think if you're in the half court too long against a team like the Heat, they're going to just continue to throw weird shit at you and it's going to be hard to figure out on the fly. Yeah, no, no, certainly agree. And the Heat are really good at forcing opponents into turnovers. 
Um, and we want, obviously, that not to be the case because we don't want to give them, obviously, efficient offense because, as we noted before, when they are in half court, which they do a lot, they're not very efficient when they are in half court. So the more the Bulls can control the ball on offense, not turn the ball over, and obviously, hopefully, score the ball, then that just means more dead ball scenarios, more half court basketball for the Heat to play, which should help the Bulls defense but Kyle I guess the one thing where I'm less confident is like if the Heat want to go switching cool I think the Bulls can beat them in that sense the Heat want to ISO uh, or just play straight up man I think you can swing the ball and and get the ball to the right matchup where you can expose the Heat defense in that way the one the one area of the Heat's defense where I get a little bit uh, a little bit nervous is if they go to something a little bit more creative whether they go to a a box and one type zone or just a general you know two three type zone whatever it might be do you expect the Heat to do something funky and creative in that sense? And if so, does that give you some pause that you know we know this Bulls team is 29th in three-point attempt rate? They're not a good, uh, they're not a good three-point shooting team. Trying to beat a zone is something they've struggled with in the past. Is that does that give you any pause for concern at all? Honestly, with the Bulls, you have to have some type of pause going into any game just because. Like we, I feel this the story of the season. It's just a math game. This team just refuse doesn't shoot threes, and they don't shoot enough threes to make up for a lot of you know the deficiencies that they have. And in today's modern game, the three point shot is the the swing shot. It could really it's the difference between a win or a loss more often than not. So you know, and with Sprostro, you can always expect him to try something weird to try and knock the opponent off their rhythm that's as embedded into their culture as heat culture and so it's going to be interesting to kind of see the the tactics that he uses i wouldn't be surprised if damar is one of those guys that has a box and one out at times or if they even try to do it on zach if zach is rolling early but i think one thing that can really if the Bulls attack the paint, particularly Zach Levine, if he attacks the paint, gets to the line, and gets Bam in foul trouble even, I think that's another way they can exploit because Miami doesn't have a lot of good, efficient point-of-attack defenders. And if Zach, if Zach's looked amazing explosively athletically the last month or a half, two months or so, and so if he can just get past that first line, attack the rim, and get those uh, Miami big men into foul trouble, then that's also another way to get points and, you know, put them at a disadvantage. Because if Bam gets two in the first and has to sit down, the Heat are very vulnerable. This isn't a really talented nor deep Heat team this year. Yeah, no, I certainly agree with all that. And I think one of the ways that I'm hopeful that the Bulls do this and I've been waiting for them to really unleash this and we see this occasionally here and there, but that Zach and DeMar two-man game. Now, that's tough to do against a team like the Raptors, who I said before, like, or as I mentioned before, they have a lot of wing defenders who they can throw at, you know, Zach and DeMar. So even if you run two-man action, maybe they have the ability to, you know, to limit that some. But like we talked about before, like the Heat have Jimmy on on defense, who is, you know, all NBA level defender on the wing. But thereafter, like if, if it's Gabe Vincent trailing Zach, do you put Zach and DeMar in a two-man game and force a situation like that? Well, like, is that something that you're hoping that maybe the Bulls lean on a little bit more? And and in that situation, you force the Heat into some switches that they don't necessarily want, but also you put more pressure on the paint and put more pressure on Bam by maybe getting Zach downhill or maybe getting Zach on a flare, whatever it might be. Is this something, or are you hopeful that that maybe they unleash that two-man you know, pick-and-roll combination between DeMar and, and Zach a little bit more against the Heat? Always. I mean, I've been calling for that for a while. I think that's sort of like the most obvious version of those guys playing together and like maximizing Mm -hmm. each other's skill set. So I would love to see that. I don't really think they've used it much at all this year. Mm -hmm. Like I I think I said this last night, but like we saw it a little bit down the stretch of last season. We saw it in the playoffs. Um, I think they're like kind of trying to save that a little bit for moments where they need it. Um, and they might need it tomorrow, but I also I also think that they're not going to necessarily force the issue too much just because I'm not super confident the Heat are going to be able to like come out and get a ton of stops right away. And look, the Bulls have gotten off to really slow starts all year. Um, they have been able to dig their way out of them, case in point, last night. Um, but I think a lot of times 
when that's happening, it's because the defense really ratchets up. And so I think a lot of what they are able to do on offense is going to depend on um, getting steals or running off misses or running off makes, or maybe uh, United Airlines flies DR DeRozan out so that she can mess with the Heat's free throw shooting the way she did the Raptors <laughs> last night, and they can run off those misses. Um, I think there's going to be avenues for them to score. Obviously, like Jimmy is one of the best at taking care of the basketball. Kyle Lowry, very much the same. There's not going to be like a ton of opportunities for them to just like cough the ball up, but the Bulls are really good at that. The Raptors do not turn the ball over very much either, and they got a ton of fast break points last night. So I think that's going to be sort of their primary weapon, weird as it may seem. Can I ask you guys a question just like really quickly? Yeah, man. Of course. Yeah, no. Uh, where do you got? Who do you guys think Jimmy's gonna guard? Because you know his offensive, he had a, like a thirty-three usage rate against Atlanta. You know he has a huge offensive mm-hmm. burden. But so, who do you yeah. th- like think he'll start on? Demar. Demar would be my guess. Uh, he guarded Demar at least the start of last game. He was he he had the Demar matchup, and I think the Bulls, you know, at least in that starting unit, will be using Demar a lot in those pick and roll situations with Vooch, and obviously they will want to be guarding that with their two best guys, which is obviously uh, Bam on Vooch and, and DeMar on, uh, on uh, sorry, Jimmy on DeMar. So that would be my guess. Uh, and I'm, a, I'm a, that's at least that's my expectation. Will, do you, do you feel similarly or do you think uh, Jimmy's maybe going to get the Levine matchup? No, I think, I think DeMar as well. Um, I, I still think that from sort of a respect level, most teams are going to try to load up on DeMar because mm-hmm. As much as we have seen the ball in Zach's hands more down the stretch yeah. of the season, um, mm-hmm. I think he is really like the guy that that team still want to take away um, yeah. and sort of just like make Zach prove that he can do it. Obviously, he did yeah, that yeah. last night, but mm-hmm. that's where I would go. I think just like from a personnel matchup standpoint, that kind of makes the most sense. But like I said, I would not be surprised if they end up switching that and having you know Bam on Demar and Jimmy on Zach or. You know, Kyle Lowry can play up. Does he factor in there against his old teammate and friend Demar? Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, but I think that's probably how I'd expect them to start. And look, there's if if we're expecting Caruso to be guarding Jimmy and Jimmy to be guarding Demar, there's gonna be cross matchups, and, and that's another opportunity yeah. for the Bulls to take advantage in transition. It's an opportunity for the Heat to take advantage in transition. These teams are really not good offensively. They have guys who can score the ball. But I think whoever is like generating the most points off of free throws and on uh, and fast break points, I think they're going to have a huge advantage. And both teams are really good at both of those things. So that that part should be really interesting. Yeah, and look, we can talk about. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And look, we can talk about like individual matchups all we want, but like the Bulls switch a lot one through four. We know the Heat can switch pretty much anything. So who your direct initial matchup is isn't necessarily who you're going to be guarding for the entire possession anyway. And like, I just want to make that point more generally, like even against the Raptors last night, people were concerned about Caruso matching up against Siakam or whoever it was. But a lot of, a lot of Siakam's field goal attempts were against guys like Zach and Kobe or whoever it might be, because the, the balls are going to switch things. Obviously teams are trying to get switches on favorable guys. So that's always going to be something. So in this case as well, like, yeah, maybe, maybe uh, Jimmy starts on, on on uh, on Demar, but if someone like Struess is guarding Beverly, or if Hero is guarding Caruso, then you're going to get situations where mm-hmm. maybe the Bulls are running Caruso, Demar sort of pick and rolls, and that the 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 entire uh, ethos behind that is to try and get Tyler Hero guarding Demar when he's taking that shot. So the the defense sometimes isn't as simple as you guard this guy and you just stay on him the whole time. Like that's just not how basketball really works this in this day and age. So. Whoever the initial matchup is, like obviously that's very important, but who ends up contesting the shot? Um, that might be a completely different player. And oftentimes you want multiple guys contesting shots. So we'll see how it all how it all unfolds. Um, but I'm feeling I'm I feel like the Bulls can get this done defensively and uh, I'm feeling confident in their offense as well. Maybe famous last words, but uh but like I said, I'm just Pat Bev pilled at this point. Again, once again, I've gone down that dark, dark path, but um, hopefully it proves to be uh, fruitful this time around. But uh, let's continue the show. We've got one more segment here to come up before we uh, get to that. But uh, let's do some more ad reads. And I want to start 
with our friends at Shady Rays. Now, I'm not sure, Stephen, if we have the Shady Ray Dingo. We probably don't. That was just a weird Lawrence creation. I know you're a lot more pro- professional than your uh, your boss, so we don't necessarily... I don't know if the Shady Ray Dingo is going to be making a, an appearance, but nonetheless, friends, let me tell you about Shady Rays. So we know things are heating up over there in the Northern Hemisphere. Like I said before, Stephen's got the guns out. I think it's like, what, what did you say? 82 degrees something or Fahrenheit, whatever you guys talk 82. about. 82. 82. Yeah. Like you, you guys are boiling out there. I think Will's got an AC going because he's just so hot and sweaty in his little room there. But um, the point is, obviously, the sun is out. It's time to get those those get those get shades on your eyes and make sure that you are protected. And what better way to do that than some premium polarized shades at an affordable at an affordable price rather from our friends at Shady Rays. So Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers world-class products that is just well they're not even near or remotely near the price of those expensive pairs. I, I spoke about this last week, but I've never understood the concept of buying just ridiculous ridiculously overpriced sunglasses, things that you can lose, things that you could break so easily. Why would you do that when Someone like Shady Rays exists. Not only are they giving you a product which is as good as those expensive glasses, but the fact that they offer a lost and broken replacement policy or they have that in place. So whether you lose your pair or whether you break it, whether it's on day one or whatever, these guys will sort you out with a new pair. So not only are you getting a great product at an affordable price, we have this lost and broken policy in the background as well. So Shady, Shady Rays are looking after you, friends, and we'd appreciate it if you could support them because they do a great job supporting us. So exclusively exclusively for our, our listeners, uh, if you're looking out, or well, it's summer now, if you want to get a pair of shades, uh, why not go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code CHDO. In doing so, you will receive 50% off when you buy two pairs of polarized sunnies. So if you want to get that going, particularly now as it's heating up, do it, friends. Over five, sorry, over two hundred and fifty thousand people online have given Shady Rays a five star reviews. Why would you not do so yourself? So, uh, if you're interested, hit up Shady Rays. Use promo code CHGO to get your get your hands on that particular offer. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, no Shady Ray Dingo today. But you know, like I said, that 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 offer from Shady Rays is still still so sweet. But uh, William, can we also tell our friends about our good mates over at Comed? We sure can. You want to start or you want me to start? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, who am I? I'm, I will start. I will start. All right. All right. So, all William, right. I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but uh, the Comed in Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve. So, whether you're interested in saving money or interested in saving energy or potentially both, why would you not save on both? We like to call that monogy. If you want to save on that, now and into the future, you can do so with our friends at ComEd. Yeah, ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. ComEd offers free facility assessment that can help find energy-saving opportunities for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. William? That's really fascinating. Can you tell me how it works? I sure can, Mark. Thanks for asking. Uh, So what will happen is an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. This can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project cost, potential incentives, and simple payback. That is Monergy at work. If you own a business, do not wait. So to get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule a free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz. That is comed.com slash powering biz. Wait, did you, did you say comed.com slash powering biz? Yes, comment.com slash powering biz. That's B-I-Z biz. Very good. Very good. I think everyone's got that uh that's uh at web address now. They know that one. But uh thank you to our friends at Shady Rays and Comed. Now let's close out the show. We've got about 10 minutes left to go. Um we've obviously dissected how the bulls are obviously gonna just completely dismantle the heat tomorrow night. 
Uh, so that that that's very clear. Like we're 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 winning that game based on this fantastic analysis that we've given you. But let's take a step back. Let's take a step back and have a conversation around playing the plane itself, the concept around planes, and how it relates to the, the balls. And if winning these playing games is actually a good thing. Now, I've I've been keeping track of the comments here on YouTube. And again, thank you everyone for tuning in. If you're watching via YouTube, obviously. Uh, hit the like button but nonetheless i've been keeping a track of of the comments and there's been a conversation here around you know whether the the plane is actually a good thing and by chance like that's something we wanted to discuss today and obviously the bulls by winning yesterday they get themselves a chance now they're they're one step closer to getting into the playoffs and obviously if we know that if they do that that changes a lot of concepts or a lot of uh not maybe not concepts but a lot of uh you know there's the stipulations around their draft pick Obviously, if they get into the playoffs, they're no longer in the lottery. They're definitely handing over that pick to the Orlando Magic. But obviously, we know if they lose to the Heat uh, uh, tomorrow night, they're back in the lottery. They're potentially back in the race to maybe secure their pick, assuming they can get up in the top four. So obviously, there's that, that pick element about it more generally. The concept that I was sort of referring to was around, well... If this team gets to the postseason, if they get to the playoffs, does this mean that the Bulls are more likely to run this thing back? Or maybe that is true, maybe that's not. But essentially the point is we wanted to have just a more a more wide-ranging conversation about the plane itself. And if the Bulls beating the Raptors and, like I said, potentially beating the, the Heat, like is this actually a good thing? Now, I know, William, I've got a sense of what you feel like, but maybe um, I'll throw it to you to to give us an actual feel or to give us your actual thoughts on the plane itself and and what you feel like this, the Bulls winning these games. Is, is this a good thing from your point of view at least? I actually want to deflect to Kyle because I feel like I've talked about this a little bit and I do want to sort of clarify, but I haven't heard Kyle's thoughts on it, so I'm going to kick it to him first. It's funny because uh, in class, we, we had to write columns and one of my columns was about the Bulls and um. And just kind of th- kind of going off of this topic, I, I love the play-in as a concept. Let me get that straight. I love it. It incentivizes more winning from teams who aren't one of those upper echelon teams. But for the Bulls, I just I – I, if you beat this Heat team, then on Sunday you're playing a Milwaukee team. And we've all seen what happens in the Milwaukee-Chicago matchups, I believe – the 40 20 game earlier this year from Giannis last year's postseason massacre. And I just think, but at the end of the day, it's all about the direction that this team is going in and what the front office wants to do. And we don't really know, but I mean, you can't break up, but it's harder to break up a team that just made the playoffs after fighting from such a slow start. And it's particularly when you re-sign Levine to a contract that shows you have faith in him and that you want to be competitive. But I just think it'd be better off maybe in the long run if, you know, you're going to lose the pick, but that's kind of a sunk cost at this point. It's just, just maybe set out the playoffs and then that would force everyone to kind of reassess the direction of this organization. Yeah. Fair point, fair point. Let's kick it back to you, William. I've got, like I said, I've got a feeling, um, but uh, nonetheless, maybe you can uh, educate us on on how you're actually feeling on it. So Matt and Dave really disagree on this, and yeah. I think I fall somewhere in the middle, but closer to where Matt is. And the way that mm. I framed it to him, and this is very reductive to say, but if there are two avenues, two future possibilities that can come, one is you miss the play in and you make changes this summer the other is you make the plan or you make the playoffs and you run it back next summer which would you choose and i think when it comes down to the percent chance that you could keep your pick i think that's added value towards you know maybe you know this game or this last stretch of games maybe they shouldn't have gone so hard to fight for this playing spot Um, Dave made a point that I thought was a really good one, which is like, this is an opportunity for some of the younger guys to get not only good experience, but to like put a sort of stamp on, um, an important moment in their career. Like people have talked about Zach Levine as a losing player because he hasn't been in the playoffs. Uh Well, look Mm -hmm. what happened last night. I think the same thing for Patrick Williams, the same thing for Zach. Like we could be talking about him as a totally different player in October. If he scores 40 against the bucks twice, 
even if they get swept. So um, I do think there's value there. But to me, at the end of the day, um, I know what the ceiling of this group is. I, I shouldn't say I know, but I feel very confident about what the ceiling of this group is. I feel confident about uh, where they're headed with this group. And I also understand that there are real limitations to what they can do in terms of adding talent down the road if they do decide to bring it back. And that would all only be made possible if Vooch decides he wants to return. So um, if they bring back Vooch, if they give Kobe what I think Kobe is probably expecting, what he deserves to be paid, you're going to be right up against the tax without a lot of space to go um, sign somebody with the mid-level exception, which of course has ramifications. Um, you are not able to make any real meaningful impact trades because you're out future draft picks. Um, so what do you really do other than run it back? And I think that's sort of the predicament that the front office is in where they can say, look, we made the playoffs. I know we're not as good as we hoped, but like we did all of this without Lonzo Ball. Um, we have played better. We got Patrick Beverly and that sort of unlocks some things. But I think in reality, it's like a, an excuse not to make a trade um, for of one of your three, two or three core players, depending on what happens with Fooch. So for me, um, the percent chance of keeping the pick, obviously great, really important. I don't think the difference between giving the Magic the 11th pick or the 15th pick is that big of a deal. But if it gives mm -hmm. you a 1.7% chance to get Wimbanyama or an 8% chance to keep your pick, I do think that's really important um, because I think it could totally change the the trajectory of your franchise moving forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, I think the biggest thing is like, I know what this group is and I think they need to make some changes regardless, but I feel more confident that they will make changes. Um, I feel more confident that they'll make changes if they lose. Yeah. Well, see, here's my thing. Like if, if a front office is being honest with themselves and doesn't want to delude themselves in any shape or form, then whether they win against the Heat tomorrow night and get to the playoffs against the Bucs, and assuming they, that happens, we all assume that it's going to be a very simple and easy series for the Bucs. So whether the Bulls are in the playoffs or not, or whether they exit now after this Heat game, or even if they lost yesterday, like ultimately, to your point, Will, like we kind of feel like we know what the ceiling of this group is. So whether they're, they're in the playoffs or not, like I don't think that should... I don't think that'll convince anyone or it shouldn't convince anyone that, you know, okay, we've made the playoffs, let's run it back. Or, oh, we've lost to the Heat in the playing game, let's run it back. Like, to me, like, that's kind of the same thing regardless. Or like, if, if they want to run it back, if that's their thinking, then whether you lose tomorrow against the Heat or whether you get to the playoffs and get absolutely crushed by the Bucks, Like, to me, it's the same thing. If you want to delude yourself into bringing this group back, like, that's the same thing. You shouldn't... The result of tomorrow's game shouldn't necessarily change that 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 calculation now maybe that calculation changes if they do the unthinkable in the postseason and they play a really competitive game against a really competitive series against the box and who the hell knows maybe uh if we really want to dive deep in those pat bev pills maybe they do something crazy and knock off the box obviously that's not going to happen but like maybe like that would be a, a reason enough to, to bring the entire team back but i guess my point is like i i let, let irrespective me of the result way. tomorrow like Sorry, I, I think they're they're dumb to 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 bring it back regardless. So that's not my thing. And I know I've heard Matt say something similar to this before, and maybe you've you've alluded to alluded to it before as well. But like next season or this off season is in is the off season. No French no franchise, no management should be thinking about the results of what happens in the next week or so and and conducting or or basing their strategy going forward because of that. Like like you said, we know what this team is, we know what their ceiling is, or at least we're confident in what that is. And irrespective of what happens tomorrow or in the playoffs, that that shouldn't change the uh the off season plan from my from my point of view. And even if they like they don't control all of it. That's the other thing that I wanted to make clear as well. Like the Bulls don't control their off season right now. Like that's the, that's the key thing. So even if they want to run it back, they can't control that necessarily. So I, I'm not. I can't sit here and say that I'm fearful of them winning tomorrow or then getting into the playoffs means they're going to run it back because they just don't can control that situation entirely themselves. So that's another reason why I'm just not wasting brain energy on it. I guess from my point of view, at least. Yeah, I'm not sure I agree with that entirely because I think they can spin it 
in a way like you and I, and they might even know that like the ceiling is what it is, but if they can say, look, we made the playoffs and also in the background, they have this um, inflexibility and lack of assets to be able to actually do anything. It becomes an excuse the same as it was this trade deadline, the same as it was last summer and the same as it was the trade deadline before. So I do think that maybe not in reality, but in terms of optics, this result does matter. Um, I think we all knew what this Bulls team was heading into the trade deadline, but they didn't do anything then. So I'm not like, you know, I, I would be stunned if they didn't do anything this upcoming summer, but I also don't think, you know, innocent until proven guilty, right? Like they continue to not do anything. Like let's make, let's wait and see until they actually do something before we like let them off the hook for making changes that they haven't even made yet. Um, I do think that Dave's point that I brought up earlier is a good one and is important and it could factor into trade conversations that happen later this summer. But the way I would also talk about it is like, what do you think is greater odds? The 1.7% chance the Bulls have to win the lottery or the percent chance, whatever it may be, that they beat the Bucks in the first round or that they win two games off the Bucks in the first round? Like, is that number greater than 1.7? I'm not sure. I don't think so. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think they're going to get absolutely pantsed if they play the box. But like, I think everyone feels very similarly. But I, 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 yeah, I just keep coming back to the fact that I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm, at least not at this point, I'm not going to consume too much energy thinking about scenarios that the Bulls themselves don't control. Like Vooch is an unrestricted free agent. Kobe might get out, go out there in restricted free agency and get just some insane offer. They're, they're two of your key seven guys. You can't run it back without them, and the Bulls don't necessarily control all of that by themselves. So that's one thing that I just can't get past. But coming back to Dave's point, like I think Zach having his moment yesterday was valuable in a lot of ways. It was valuable for the Bulls and maybe how they feel about Zach more generally. Like a lot of complaints about Zach, as you noted, has been he just hasn't turned up in big games or hasn't just been hasn't been in big games to turn up. Well, yesterday was a massive game for this franchise. That was one of their best wins that they've had in years. And Zach was just instrumental in that game. So that's huge from that point of view. Now, if you want to just be cold and calculated about it and think about it from a pure asset management point of view, other teams seeing Zach doing that sort of thing, maybe tries, maybe their perception of who Zach is changes how, how they feel about it in the offseason instead of teams coming up with you know some sort of trade package for Zach that includes you know one, two, maybe three shitty first-round picks. Maybe the calculus of that now changes and maybe if Zach goes on some sort of Donovan Mitchell-like run, then maybe that Donovan Mitchell-like package from a trade, assuming you want to go down that path, and I'm not suggesting that's the case, but if you wanted to, maybe the calculus changes there as well. So there's a lot of pros and cons to it. I, I see both sides. I, I see Matt's point of view. I see Dave's point of view. I think they're on the, the extreme ends, to, to be honest with you. I sit somewhere in the middle. You can talk me into each way. And, and the reason why you can talk me into each way is because there's so many unknowns. There's so many variables right now that we that we can go through. And I, I guess I just... I, I, just I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of faith in Acme right now, but I have to assume that regardless of what happens in the plane tomorrow, regardless of what happens in the playoffs that they feel similarly, that they can see the same things that we see. And regardless of what happens, that there needs to be something changed in the offseason. And like I said, they don't control the offseason themselves. They control things at the deadline. They control a lot of things in last offseason because a lot of these guys were already contracted. That's not the case going forward. So they're always going to be forced into some level of action or uh, yeah, some level of action. Inaction is not a thing that can happen, I guess, going forward. So yeah. Uh, that that's my take on it. I think the play-in more generally is a good thing, and I think the Bulls going for it, I think, can be seen or argued as a good thing. But um, who knows? Time will tell, I guess. But uh, in terms of time, we're out of we're out of it on today's episode. Um, William, thank you for joining us. Kyle, thank you for joining us. Everyone in the chat, thank you for joining us, especially our friend Jimmy Lit World from our our Kiwi friend who got us a super chat here, asking a question around AG one. So. Um, I don't know what the situation is with AG1 in New Zealand, but my understanding is that they actually make AG1 in, in New Zealand. So I'm Yeah, I, sure I could chime in on this. Yeah, they, they make it there, yeah. but they only ship to three countries. It's the US, Canada, and Australia. So maybe you, uh, you go. just pick up the order for him and he could uh, come get it from you sometime. 
Yeah, that I'm, I'm happy to do that. Or, or maybe maybe Jimmy, Jimmy Lit World will find out where they actually produce this thing, and maybe you can just go knock on their door and in the factory there, and <laughs> ask them what the hell's the deal. You get it also, to, obviously, you could also get yeah. it on Amazon, but uh, our CHGO promo code will not work there, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. Well, well good that. to know. Well, nonetheless, there's 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 workarounds here, Jimmy Lit World. But uh, we certainly appreciate you with the super chat, and uh, we always see you in the comments there. So thank you, friend my Southern Hemisphere friend for uh, supporting us here at CHGO. Everyone in the comments, uh, we, we appreciate you. Those of you who are here, drop a like on the way out. Those of you who are listening via Apple, Spotify, whatever it might be, five-star reviews. Obviously, this is just uh, an episode worthy of many, many five stars I would have would have assumed. But uh, like I said, William, thank you for joining me. You can follow him we... online. Yeah, go ahead. Should we make predictions real quick? Uh, I've already made prime prediction. Bulls, is, Bulls by... 37 points what about you will Bulls by 37 um i think they'll win by eight i'm gonna go eight vegas has them DraftKings sportsbook our pals over there have the bulls as five and a half point dogs which is i would say a little surprising to me interesting interesting where, where, where are you Kyle? going with the car Bulls by 10. I'm going to go Bulls by 10. Bulls by double digits. Bulls by 10. Interesting, interesting. Well, um, I've clearly gone the over there. <laughs> Plus 37. We'll see what that is. But uh, yeah, we'll, we're all going with the win. So we're feeling confident. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. Hopefully uh, hopefully the Bulls get the dub. But nonetheless, the guys will be back tomorrow for pre-game. Obviously, we'll be back as well for post-game as well. So follow everything we do. Hit the socials. You'll be uh, if you if you do that, you'll you'll know when we're going live with all those sorts of things. So uh, we're looking forward to tomorrow night. Let's hope for that Bulls dub, or maybe maybe not, depending on on your perspective of it all. But uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you Will. Thank you Kyle. Thank you Stephen on the buttons. Uh, like I said, the guys will be back tomorrow talking about a Bulls W. But until then, Will and I will be back with a HQ edition some stage next week. Um, but until then, thank you friends for joining in, and uh, speak soon.